Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Kia ora, everybody. Welcome back to your, what is it, Liv? Your bonafide favourite pop culture podcast. Hell yeah. This week we're talking about something that we, we sort of talked about last week. But then, as is our favourite way of choosing what to do, we had a bunch of you email us being like, this is what you guys were actually talking about last week and it's actually called this. And then we were like, oh, we should do a proper episode on it. Yeah, Liz, we're talking about intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation, which for me as a little psychology freak, I love and Luz and I love talking about things that we can kind of put on our own lives, which oh, is always the way. It's always going to relate back to us. Otherwise, you better believe we are not talking about it. Absolutely. <laughs> That's how we are. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> but Luz, what described your week? Oh, well, what described my week was booked and busy. Okay. So, obviously... Oh, I see where we're going here. Yeah, obviously, booked and busy because Liv and I are actually in, like, the most chaotic period of our lives or maybe not our lives just our our it's our most chaotic start of year we've ever had because uh, of our working lives of for our sure. working lives yeah um no I would say last year when we did the road trip oh and yeah all, holy fuck okay <laughs> but anyway again I was gonna say not about us but this whole podcast is about us um so we've been working on a really cool project about breakups we've been trying to get everything and everyone ready for when Liv leaves which is slowly you know creeping in on us um but also the booked bit of this is because I am just reading more than I've ever read, which feels amazing. But you know how you can't really hold on to it for that long? Like, I know. <laughs> no, Lucy, over summer, I was just like, because reading is something that makes you feel better than any other yeah, activity, 100%. I swear. And then you're like, this is it. Like, this is making my life dramatically yes. better. I'm going to keep doing this. And then you get back into the swing of like regular life. Mm. And it's just really fucking hard to find or it's not even to find the time, but to make the time. I was going to say, it's hard to prioritise it over yeah. everything else. Not a hot take, grasping for our attention. I always find that I like give myself a massive pat, of the back, pat on the back when I have chosen to read a book versus go on my phone. Absolutely. And it's like, yeah, hey, now is that uh, um, intrinsic motivation? Or yeah, it's... well, I mean, your phone is fighting for your extrinsic yeah. motivation, I would say. Because or every like time other I'm on my people's phone, extrinsic yeah. motivation. Anyway, um, so been reading a lot of books to teach me a few things about how to do something else to do with being booked and busy. Really annoying that I can't really tell you what that is. But do what you can with that information. Yeah, do do what you want with with that. Um, Liv, what the hell described your week? Um, mine was yet another unorganized holiday. <laughs> oh, yes. I feel like every week is just a catch up for me and you on either our organized holidays that we've been on together or an unorganized one. We've not spent a weekend together in so long. Do we have one coming up? Well, we need to book one. Yeah, I we think. do. Yeah. Anyway, we'll do that. <laughs> but because I'm leaving New Zealand, so I'm going traveling. This is why I'm leaving Siska. I don't, I'm sure we've talked about this. We have, but people still miss it. Mm. Liv's leaving Siska to go and eat Pray Love around the world. Literally, I'm going and backpacking over Europe and then staying there for however fucking long I feel like it. But basically, I'm trying to see as much of New Zealand or kind of like around where I live um, in these next like this sort of two months that I had this side of the year mm-hmm. sort of thing before I leave. You know, when you're leaving somewhere and then you're suddenly like, fuck, I haven't done this, I yep. haven't done that. It was like lockdown. To- it was like, we've been in lockdown. Then as soon as we got out, it was like, well, we'd better go and see all these random yeah. places that we could have done before lockdown. Absolutely. But, yeah. but this sort of shit makes you do the shit that you've mm. been wanting to do for ages. So that's really cool. I went down to Raglan, which was like fucking sick. I loved it. Um... And, yeah, I just camped for a night, super chill, went to the beach, read my book. Love. Really, really great. Just the perfect weekend then. Yeah, but it was unorganized because hadn't booked (laughs) accommodation and really struggled to find somewhere to camp because the whole town was heaving. And then me and my boyfriend were honestly 
trying to think about how we could sneak in somewhere or like we didn't yeah we didn't have to in the end or like freedom camp somewhere or yeah like we were we were desperate. pretty desperate mm. yeah I love that this podcast just keeps you accountable every week no, it's like yeah we I had know. a really good weekend really good weekend and then it's like but I better tell you I know. about like the fact that we couldn't book anywhere about my faults as a human being um one being very disorganized always but it was great oh well I'm glad I also went to a beach and I feel like Pihar actually gives a similar vibe to Raglan That's sometimes. what I was about to say, yeah. Only because it's like there's nothing there and it's kind of wild and very surfy mm-hmm. vibe. Um, and you just, again, being tossed around, nothing like makes you feel better than just being tossed around by the waves. So good. We love a bit of an undertow. We love a bit of an undertow because we're strong swimmers, everyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but do you know how to spot a rip? Do you know what to do if you're in a rip? You need to be fucking careful and make sure there's lifeguards on duty. And if you're in a rip, you just got to relax. You just have to relax and then it'll take you out and then you can swim back in. You don't fight it. Um, Certified advice. Yes, swimming advice here from Coach Vulture. From this Coach is what Vulture. you all came for. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. But we are the queens of giving unsolicited advice. That just didn't so know true. it would be about swimming <laughs> this time round. But I love it. Um, Liv. Speaking of unsolicited advice, people are giving Liam Hemsworth a lot of unsolicited advice at the moment for things that he probably didn't even do. That was not one of my best caveats. No, that was pretty good. But I don't know if you've seen all the rumours going around about Liam Hemsworth right now off the back of Miley's new song. Okay, so have listened to Miley's new song, have seen the music video, have read your newsletter. That's the only reason I know, because I just don't get the trends on TikTok, yeah. like, ever. So I'm just never in the loop. And but I've got there, you. And I'm there to debunk yeah, it, because always. holy shit. I think, you know how we always talk about how we get braver on this podcast? Yes. I think it's, like, across the board, we're just getting braver in mm-hmm. all parts of life, because usually I would be too scared to be like, there is nothing backing this up, what are you all saying, blah, 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 until I'd fully researched it. Yes. But this was, like, a gut feeling. I was seeing all these rumours being spread about... Liam Hemsworth, and, like, maybe they are true or maybe a source actually does know, but there is nothing, nothing online that says that any of this is true. And I am just seeing tweets racking up hundreds and thousands of likes, TikToks getting hundreds and thousands of views, all the comments being like, go, Miley, can't believe Liam cheated on you 14 times in the house that you filmed the music video in. Like, just all these unsubstantiated, is that a word? I don't know, but it sounds good. Yep, we're going to go with it. Um, claims that don't have a basis of truth in them from what we can research. Liv, what does your what does it remind you of? Oh, what does it remind me of? Everything. TikTok. Euphoria, oh, and, Euphoria and the Sam Levinson. Sam Levinson. I just get so, so, so frustrated with TikTok in terms of the tone that people take in these videos. Like, this is the truth. This I'm is fact. Here. I'm going to – like, they are so confident with these unresearched opinions. I know. It's it's dangerous. So dangerous. Um, and so I'm just going to run you through. So first of all, what's interesting is Miley Cyrus's song, I hate it. I love Miley Cyrus. I hate Bruno Mars, except for Silk Sonic, like I said in the newsletter. Mm. And so the fact that this was an interpolation of When I Was Your Man, mm. and if you want to know about interpolation, go and listen to Liv and I's... How <laughs> has this come up no. so many times? I thought it was no. such a niche topic. Same. One of my favourite <laughs> podcast episodes we've ever done called yeah. No, Olivia Rodrigo is Not Stealing Your Music. Um, it is a, it's about good for you and misery business and Paramore and how that was an interpolation. Was it, or, did it end up being? It actually wasn't an interpolation, no. but people were trying to say that it was. Yeah. And so an interpolation is basically when you recreate the melody and you recreate the lyrics with often different lyrics, which is what Miley did with When I Was Your Man. She's basically answering Bruno's lyrics yeah. with her, saying she can hold her own hand, she can dance with herself, she can pick her own flowers. I hate the song When I Was Your Man. And so it pains me because I love Miley Cyrus so much and I want a country rock album from her. I know Mm. she did like a pop rock. I want a country one from her more than I want anything except for Maddie Healy's attention in this world. Um, But I digress. So I didn't like the song. What did you think of the song? I Yeah, I've only listened to it a couple of times. I didn't love the song. I mean, I quite like the verses. I love her. I yes. think she's such a fucking icon. She is. But, she's the best. Yeah, she is. But it's really interesting. I was saying this to someone. Like, 
her covers that she does, like she does covers of like amazing songs like Janis Joplin mm. and shit like that, where it's like she gets out her rock chick hardcore. She did collaboration with Joan Jett. Like this mm-hmm. is the shit where she excels. And people love it as and well. And people love it. This is the weird thing. But then she goes and does more commercial stuff. And I really do wonder like what hold yeah. the record company has over her or whether, because she seems like such a um, – person that's totally in control I was of say, this headstrong. shit. Yeah. So headstrong. So I wonder, or is it the extrinsic motivation thing that we're going to get into where she's trying to please the audience? Yeah, uh, like the mass audience? Yeah, the or mass audience. Or is it the Ed Sheeran effect where like you're just, yeah. you're a really good songwriter and you have so much talent, but you sort of lose like sight of that when you make heaps of money? Or, I, like, I don't feel like... It's like one of those songs I listened to it the first time. I was like, yeah, I can tell it's obviously an interpolation of Bruno Mars's When I Was Your Man, which, like, I don't love either. But I don't mind it every now and then as, like, a cast sing-along song sort of thing. But then I listened to the song again, and I'd already listened to it enough. Do you know what I mean? Because it's one of those super digestible things. People already know the melody, so it's kind of, like, guaranteed to be a bit of a hit. Yeah. Which is just a weird move for her because everyone is wanting this rock album and I really sense that she wants it too same like I mean when she chooses to do songs like in a New Year's Eve thing it was like yeah I love rock and roll and like I don't know she always just covers she always seems to cover songs that like you think she's decided to and she wants to it's always rocky I remember listening to this Janis Joplin song on YouTube and it was like a, a fan filmed video And she was literally like to the fans, okay, I've done some for you. This one's for me. Yeah. Like genuinely said that sentence and she goes off and does this kind of niche. Well, it's probably not even niche, but like to our generation, relatively niche song. Mm. It was just interesting. I don't know. Anyway, I'm hoping that the rest of the album, because you know how like sometimes, I'm trying to remember who it was that released their first song of the album. It was totally different to... The rest of it, and we talked about it on Culture Vulture, I think. Um, was it Ed? No, because it has. I think it might have been Ed Sheeran, us hoping that it was that, because his first two songs were Bad Habits and Shivers. Oh, yeah. And they were both super, super poppy. Yeah. And then we'd seen the interview with Zane Lowe talking about how good the album was, but I really just feel like Zane Lowe was kind of. Gassing him up. Gassing him up, for sure. And I think that we had this conversation about hopefully, like, they're leading us off the scent, but that wasn't the case. That wasn't the case. So anyway, Liv, back to my actual naughty or nice, which isn't our feelings on the song or Miley's future and what we think she should do. Um, basically, people heard this song and it was released on Liam's, Liam Hemsworth's birthday in Australia. Uh. So that uh, we know. That's truth. That's fact, right? Unless he's lying about his birthday. Um, but honestly, she, she like gave us enough in the lyrics to know it was about Liam. Obviously, she talked about her house burning down and their house did burn down mm. and just very obvious things about how she can do things herself now that maybe she wasn't getting from him. But then TikTok or people on TikTok naturally felt the need, like that wasn't enough for them. You know, like knowing that it was about him wasn't enough. They needed to have a few more lines drawn and connected. Um, so one of them was that they watched the music video and they said that he filmed the, she filmed the music video inside the house that he cheated on her with 14 other girls in. Like, how did they get that number? I, I'm just entirely unsure. I mean, I could probably dig back to the first ever place that that was said, but I don't think I need to do that for us to know that it's not true. And, like, to be fair... This could come out and it could all be true. But at this point in time, no publication worth noting. In fact, no publication under the news tab on Google, mm. period, has said this as fact or has even mentioned it. And so this means the people on TikTok are spreading yeah. potentially false information. Yeah. And then there was another um, another sort of false thing. These are the two big ones. I know there's a few more, but the other false thing was that Liam dedicated When I Was Your Man to Miley at their wedding or at some point in their relation. And I saw this on your newsletter and I totally agreed with your next point, which I'm sure you're about to say. It makes no sense. 
Like, Why on earth would you have When I Was Your Man at your wedding? Like, that is a post-breakup song. Yes. That is like, I was shit to you. Yes. Why on earth would you have that there? No. It's just like, did people not think about this? Or did they just think this is going to get a few likes, a few clicks? And it just shows that people aren't thinking critically about these no. things that they're seeing. Because if you knew the song When I Was Your Man, it's about how, I'm so sorry, I never bought you flowers, I should have held your hand, should have taken you dancing. And it's like... Why would, at their wedding, or any part of the relish, why would he have said, this song is for you, Miley? Like, sorry. In front of people. Like, no. Absolutely oh, not. Like, that's no. just that just didn't happen. So, anyway, I mean, this is something that we often come back to on Culture Vulture. One, the fact that we know that all our listeners are, like, critical thinkers, and you always email us. Again, like the topic of this week, you email us with smart-as stuff that then we go and learn about. So we're probably preaching to the choir here, but just be really like critical in your thinking. And actually one thing I would say is because when I was looking through the comments, no one was saying, hey, has this been fact-checked? Hey, I'm not sure where this actually came from. Probably until now I've posted it all over our socials and sent the news that are out and maybe people will start being like, hey, I saw Lucy said there is no actual facts here. But maybe just comment in a nice way if you think it's false hey, I looked up the source for this and I couldn't actually find anything mm. substantial to back this up. I think that's actually a helpful thing to do. I it's do not as mean. well because I think I was listening to Shameless, which is a podcast that also covers cultural references and things like that that's happening right now. And they were talking about how the comments section of TikTok really morphs their opinion on mm-hmm. things and morphs other people's opinions on things and that they might watch a TikTok and not have an opinion until they go to the comment section and I think this is what's happening with this so if you do plug that little like mm. seed of doubt mm. in terms of like whether this information is factually correct it's just really interesting to me that people obviously love to gossip mm-hmm. And they love to gossip about celebrity shit. And I think in the back of their mind, they probably might think this probably isn't true, but I'm just going to enjoy this moment Mm. by kind of jumping on this bandwagon of the salacious rumor. And for a lot of people, it's because it is so low stakes to their life Mm -hmm. to do that. But probably for us, because of our industry, we like it's our job to give correct stuff or to correct things that we've done and said so that then everyone else can be like, oh, shit. Like, that was wrong. And so probably because we're so used to seeing people in our comment sections sowing seeds of doubt even when they're unnecessary and Mm. then we see the whole comment section bandwagon to that, I'm sort of like, why aren't we seeing that on TikTok where it's actually needed? Yeah. Like, on Instagram, people have no issues, like, um, commenting on maybe something I've posted from the BBC saying, hey, um, I read here that that's actually not true when – it actually is true, like conspiracy sort of vibes in the comments. But then on TikTok, because it's maybe a 30-second video, like slightly longer than an Instagram post, they're like, must be true. Like, And maybe because there's a face to it. And so people don't want to shit on someone when they kind of Can feel more them? of a yeah, f- like tangible connection to yeah. them. But it is just... And it always yeah. it takes me back to the Chris Brown conversation we had about um, the comments on Lance Savali's TikTok. Yes. And how if there was one at the very start that said, oh, hey, do we remember what he did to Rihanna? Then perhaps it would have gone a different direction. We'd have had better discourse. And in fact, they were all really like nice and I'm so sorry you didn't get to boogie with him. And it just... It just, just yeah, it shows just, the human nature to bandwagon mm. rather than so whatever the tone is. Yeah you know created people will fall in with that and that's not our fault really but it's something that we need to be conscious of yeah and it's hella hard to go against the crowd so if you would like the lone commentary like then you're subjecting yourself to potential threats and hate and like Mm. all the gross stuff that comes with social media but if you are genuinely just say hey i'm asking a question where does this information actually come from better than just like you know looking and scrolling away Mm. Anyway, I didn't think we were going to be giving a lesson in media literacy, but I guess it kind of comes with the territory. If we're going to talk about this shit, sometimes giving a solution. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of helpful. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. But love. Um, that's one of my extrinsic, extrinsic motivators for putting things out into the, to the world. Yes, love is that. like... Being able to know that I'm helping, yes, by posting. That's by posting stuff. That's definitely intrinsic for oh, sure. Oh, intrinsic. That's that's intrinsic because if you feel like what you're doing has purpose and meaning, and that you do it whether other people are watching or not. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, like it's they can interplay for sure. Like it's in extrinsic in the fact that you know people are watching. But I do think it's intrinsic in the fact that you there's something deep inside yeah. you that knows that that's like if that's, I see it, I need to do something about it. Yeah, because be, for me, for you, yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely. Well, maybe we should tell people now that we've had that really obscure conversation during my botched segue. Um, what extrinsic and intrinsic motivations are, how they work, what they actually mean in context of real life. Yeah, so if you listened to last week's episode, Lucy and I talked about this concept without naming it. And we talked about it in terms of whether we do creative things, whether that be like singing, painting, creating, writing, whatever it is, whether we do that for ourselves or whether we do that for other people and that interesting kind of push and pull between the two. And then a lovely listener wrote in and said, this is called intrinsic and extrinsic motivation, which is like kind of the proper psychological terms around this. So intrinsic motivation is when you're motivated, I guess, from the inside, from from like your personal want. want. So you engage in an activity because you enjoy it and you get personal satisfaction or fulfillment from it, whether other people know about you doing it or not Mm. whereas extrinsic motivation is when you do something in order to gain an external reward so this can be a tangible reward like money or like when you're little and you have a sticker chart like getting something Um, or it can be an intangible award like praise encouragement being told you're really good likes likes social status things like this so that's basically the two differences and they can interplay so both can be effective but it does suggest that extrinsic motivation should be used pretty sparingly which um, is because of something called the over justification effect which I'll get into a little later but it has also been shown that intrinsic and extrinsic motivation they can be interactive and so the extrinsic motivators may like increase your intrinsic motivator or it can decrease your intrinsic motivator, if that makes sense. So and in another way that they interplay, could it be like I'm doing this thing for me because I mm-hmm. want to mm-hmm. and I'm putting it out into the world, yeah. but I've wanted to do it. And then by chance, I've also got money or praise. Yeah, or- praise or you... Yeah, say people replying to your newsletter. Yeah. Like you personally love writing that newsletter. You probably wouldn't get up at 5 a.m. every morning if you weren't personally motivated Mm. because that is such a huge task. And even if you were getting paid a shit ton of money, like I just don't know, you know, for you whether that would be enough if you didn't like doing it yourself. But you do still get extrinsic motivation, so outside motivation, from people that write mm. back to you and be like, this really helped me, like, I loved the way you wrote about this, like, whatever. And that probably keeps your intrinsic motivation yes. fueled. Yes, But Because I'm wondering about myself, would I do it, though, in the first place mm. without an audience? I mean, a news that is an interesting thing mm. because why would you write the news for no one because it's the news? But it's like, would I do it with it without an audience? But yeah. I mean, we did that on Instagram at the start. Yeah, we just, exactly. Yeah, we did it for, for sure. no one. And yeah, but then is it like, did we do it for no one because we thought maybe in the future yeah. this would help us get which ABC, totally, which totally. So this is something that you have yeah. to kind of ask yourself. And yeah, a newsletter is a really interesting. I think anything to do with your job is a really yeah. interesting thing. I was looking up creatives and their jobs, and this is where intrinsic and extrinsic motivation is really interesting in how they interplay because it's shown that um, like when creatives feel controlled or driven by only 
the outside motivation, whether Mm -hmm. that be like, we'll increase your salary, like we'll give you this, give you that, whatever, that usually drains their motivation. Mm. But if the extrinsic motivator allows that creative person to be more engaged and like confirm that they're good at their craft and it's already something that they do anyway and yeah. they're getting like that praise like with the newsletter with your writing yeah like maybe it's for you like maybe you would find a way to write yeah. anyway like mm-hmm. I don't know but that's how extrinsic motivation can help but really like the more research you do is like extrinsic motivation you have to just be careful with it mm-hmm. and intrinsic motivation is pretty much always good okay so because that's the vibe I'm getting like if we're because last last week we spoke mm-hmm. about we used journaling as an example and which yeah. was where we sort of started this whole conversation which was like Liv I write only when other people are going to read it. Yeah. Only when yeah. I know it's going out into the universe. And so I need to start doing it for myself. For yourself. Without putting it anywhere. Mm-hmm. Which and I see find, how that feels. Yeah, which I find um, it is a chore. It yeah. is hard to do, but I need to like grow that feeling. This is the thing, and you can grow that feeling. The more focus you put in to your intrinsic motivators, the more they'll grow. Same with extrinsic. The more you put into your mm. extrinsic, like whether it's fame, power, money, the yeah. more you put into that, the more that grows. And I'll actually get into this later, but it can really lead to people being depressed and anxious. I bet. Um, so we'll get into the harmful effects of being too extrinsically motivated. So people can become encouraged only by the prospect of reward, which is makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. But also, um, research has shown that too much extrinsic motivation, like too many extrinsic rewards, can actually lead to a decrease in your motivation to earn them. Mm, so, I guess because you get used to them. Yeah. And then they feel less substantial. Yeah, absolutely. L- like um, getting used to having 100,000 likes on Instagram. Yes. That doesn't make me want to post. No. Like, Whereas start, back in the day when you first like, started to get yeah. it was like fucking hell wow. let's do this but the more you get it the more used to it you become yeah and it's that whole like thing with probably taking drugs the more yes. like, drugs you take right the more you need to get the high and in the end the high will just never be yeah. the same but people still keep chasing it and so that's kind of one thing um this it is like can, a therapy session. Yeah. Like, well, for me, this is like, whoa, whoa. I did all these things. Why? It and why has it changed now? Yeah, it made me think about this too because our society, as I'll get into a little later, um, is set up for extrinsic motivation. Mm. So it's actually quite hard to go against that. Um, but another thing is that like extrinsic motivation is often devoid of passion. So it means that a lot of the time, this is for people who are working jobs that they kind of hate, but they earn good money from it like there's no real passion there which Mm. is never really good for anyone's life some people just do the bare minimum to get the reward like Mm. oh it's like like with uni right like I just need to pass I just need to pass I just need to do the bare minimum I don't really care about the learning Mm -hmm. I don't really care about how interested I am in the subject matter and how fulfilling this is to me I just need to pass and get that reward and I Definitely. This is how I operated in uni. Yeah. For sure. Like, and that's kind of fair enough. Well, no, that's why we always say we wish we did uni when we yeah, were older. Because you realize it's actually a privilege to go and learn, yes. right? Like, And you have access to so much information. So many resources. And if you're actually doing something that you're intrinsically motivated about, it doesn't matter about your grades. Yeah. Because you're suddenly like, okay, what can I learn? I'm how doing can it I for do me. this well? I'm doing it well. Like, if I get a bad grade, that just shows that I've got more to learn. Yeah. And if I get a good grade, then that just confirms that I'm where I need to be or whatever that is. Um, It's more of like a marker rather than a goal. Maybe we should be learning about intrinsic versus extrinsic motivations when we're at school. I absolutely think we should. So that when we go and to make these big life decisions. And the school systems are set up for extrinsic motivation because... Excellence, merit, achieve. Yeah, it's, it's the easiest way to... I mean, you're always on the outside making people try to learn. Mm. So that's always yeah. going to be extrinsic. It's much harder to figure out how to I guess make people want to learn. Yeah, and that's what a good teacher does, yeah. right? But a lot of teachers yeah. aren't that good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, as I said before, over time, a phenomenon known as the over-justification effect can start to decrease an individual's motivation to behave 
um, and the reward loses its luster. So this is kind of what we talked about just before. But it actually diminishes the intrinsic motivation. So too much extrinsic motivation can diminish the intrinsic motivation to do that thing. So I've got an example. So there was a study that had two groups to complete a puzzle. One group was paid and one group wasn't. So after removing the extrinsic motivation, which was the money to do the puzzle... The people that were getting paid no longer wanted to do the puzzle because they're like, why the fuck would I do that? I'm not getting paid for it. Yeah. Whereas the people that were never, never paid, paid, they continued wanting to do the puzzle because they got it's enjoyment fun. from it. Yeah. Wow, that's so a really good... That's the over-justification. And I guess that's the whole thing of like making a hobby a job. That's yes. why it can be dangerous because you can lose your passion for it if yeah. you're not... If Constantly you're not con- trying to find yes. ways to like fill your cup. Yeah. Absolutely. And another thing that extrinsic motivation does is it interrupts your flow state. Mm. Now, Luce, have you heard of what a flow state is? Yeah, and I, I don't often get it. Get into it. Unless yeah. unless I'm doing something that feels really good to me. Yes, absolutely. That's the only time you can ever get in a flow state. So a flow state is basically when you're doing something, you completely forget about time as a concept. Mm. You're so absorbed that, like someone could talk to you and you couldn't hear them like your brain is just so focused on that thing like I get it when I paint yes or but and this is something I want you to talk about a little bit yeah. did you get it when you were painting commissions no. for other people see this is the thing and like I so I used to paint commissions to pay my rent in uni and I ended up doing a lot of paintings that one I didn't even like the subject matter and two I was undercharging and I felt it became a chore to me like mm-hmm. I no longer enjoyed it and then I had to totally stop painting for a while and then come back and feel that like inner passion again mm-hmm. I had to fully find that again which was sad but it was also a total showcase of what we're talking about like I just no longer enjoyed it mm-hmm. in that way mm. and that's what can be difficult with yeah making your hobby your job your job um so the person that wrote into us, they were telling us about someone called Johan Harry, who is a writer and he's written books on this exact thing. And he wrote a book called Lost Connections. And he very much talks about how this works now in society and how basically we as a society, Western societies, totally value the wrong things. We value money. We value status. We value materialism. All of these things that are never, ever going to actually make us happy. And he calls them junk values. So he talks about it in regards to junk foods. So, like, we all know the junk food's bad for you, right? It's, it's okay to have them in small quantities, but that can't be, like, your main thing. Where as- We also push back on the term of, like, junk. Yeah food and yeah definitely like like, yeah don't take this as quite a take this as a black and white yeah like we're not giving a lot of nuance to the diet culture here that's not really what this you're allowed any food everyone yeah exactly but we all kind of know what junk food means and then junk values are very much the same but it's what you're feeding your mind so we as a society a lot of us are living just off junk values, like Mm. off of how much money we can get, off of how we look to other people, social media, off of what am I wearing today so people will look at me, you know, how I want them to look at me, like, you know, that sort of shit. And it's totally taking away our ability to have proper connections and to focus on the things that actually make us happy. It's like... And the ability to find, mm. like, to find your purpose or the thing that is going to give you these like motivators yeah I don't know I just feel like that's so true Liv especially with um kids or even us we were lucky because we grew up without social media until we were about 15 or 16 but kids that have only known social media which in my head is one of the greatest causes of these junk values definitely because you're watching other people live their lives instead of living your own Mm -hmm. and it just it it's no wonder that it's so hard to figure out either what you want to do in life or what you what you're interested in or what you want to practice to get good yeah. at something or your purpose like it Absolutely. makes sense because as we said before the more you focus on this extrinsic shit the more you focus on values that aren't going to be fulfilling the less time and focus you have to actually find what you like yeah and i think a lot of people 
really struggle to find what they like because it is hard, but it's also because our attention is taken up by bullshit. I was going to say, it's actually, like we're talking about reading books before, it's hard to make the decision to not go for the junk value that makes you feel really Mm. good for like the three hours that you're scrolling on it and then shit for the rest of the night. Whereas if you pick up a book, so hard to make that decision, but then you feel great when you go to sleep. Yeah, absolutely. And you feel great over time. Mm. This is like, it's this isn't an immediate thing. Like this is always going to be over a decent period of time. You're going to see whether you are ingesting junk in terms of your values because you're going to feel Mm. a lot of it leads to depression and anxiety because it's something that you can never grasp, right? You can never be enough in that sense. It feels like when we spoke to Lord or Ella and um, she was talking about leaving social media because she felt her attention span Mm -hmm. like being ruined and she was reading the Daily Mail too much and filling filling her mind with these junk values that she was like, I can't write the next album if I don't yes. sort of remove the thing that's given me all of these. It Absolutely. just reminds me of And so that. that doesn't mean that she hated it. Like, yeah. That doesn't mean that she was on it and like... Or she didn't look down on us for having a business on it or yeah, whatever. Absolutely. But she made that decision because she knew in the future, she knew in time, this would degrade her ability to do something that she mm. fucking loved and gave her such an intrinsic fulfillment. Mm-hmm. So, and a lot of studies have shown that commercially driven countries like the US and the UK are the least happy places in first world societies. And communities like Denmark and Finland and Norway have a different value system. Mm. They they look at life differently. They appreciate the importance of community and daily habits, going for walks, going swimming, like being mindful, like all of this shit. Whereas Great like, bike lines. Yeah, whereas the UK and the US, which I think New Zealand is very much say, influenced by. scarily kind of New Zealand. Yes, absolutely. Like we are force-fed, mm-hmm. buy this, have this, like yeah. this is get this job so you'll look like this. Like Make all this money so you can afford a house here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I've got a little bit on like how you can increase your intrinsic yeah. motivation. Because, I want that. Yeah, it's like... First, it's learning how to sit there and actually recognize it when you are feeling good in a mm. fulfilled way, I think. Like, what are you doing? Could be the tiniest thing. Could be yeah. like a conversation you had with a person yeah. you haven't spoken to in ages and then you realize they actually make me feel good. Mm-hmm. Like and feel why? Not sugary good, yeah. but like deep down yeah. fulfilled good. Um, so it's things like... Look for fun in what you're doing. Look Mm. for contentment in what you're doing instead of looking for the reward of what you're doing. This is something that you consciously have to make a choice about. Like this is, say with Luce and I, we like singing. Even if we are singing in front of people, it's not inherently bad to sing in front of people, right? But it's like, what do you get from that? Is that that you're sharing your passion for something you love, Mm. that you are expressing something that you can't express in Mm. day-to-day conversation things like that or is it oh my god they are gonna think I'm such a good singer oh my god like they're gonna think I'm really cool like whatever like all of that shit which like realistically does come into your mind but you have to push that away and you have to focus on the shit that actually deep down feels good because otherwise you're gonna you're gonna burn out you're gonna start hating it because or you're gonna need more and more and more and more um, and I think with that, with singing, sometimes we go the opposite way, which yes. would be really annoying for other people, I think, um, because other people do like seeing your talent or seeing you in your element, but often Liv and I will love band practice or rehearsal or whatever it is, and then it will come to the performance, and I think because we're that um, wrapped up in not wanting people to think we're just doing this because... Mm-hmm we want to show off or because it might be a really New Zealand thing or because we think we're cool. I don't know. I always feel yuck after a live performance compared to a band practice where it's like you're with all your homies, you love it and no one's watching and, and thinking it's really good or really bad. You're actually just doing it because it's fun. Yeah, absolutely. And you have to push that other shit out of the way. I used to sing in bars. Like I had a, a weekly gig in the same bar and sometimes there would be heaps of people there and they'd clap and then give me tips. Sometimes, a lot of the time, probably majority of the time, there'd be fuck all people there. Like sometimes I'd be performing for two people yeah. in, a, in a bar where they're like, why are you even here? We don't even really want to listen to you. A lot of the time I got told to turn it down because we were too loud. Like shit like that. Yeah. Like you can only 
get through that if you learn. And I learned through that experience. I did not have, like, I was definitely doing it for extrinsic motivation when I first started. Mm-hmm. And then throughout that experience, I had to learn how to enjoy it for extrinsic, intrinsic motivation because I do love music mm-hmm. and I think it is one of the most amazing things in the world. I had to really hone in on yeah. that because, like, when you're singing for one person, like, I'm nah. talking like a two-hour set. Like, yeah. This is like you you have to. You have to just love it like and Fuck. and come at it from the right angle. Yeah. Um, Takes me back to high school. Liv and yeah. I used to do this like, to be honest, we never really wanted to, but it was fun when we, when we did it. But we yeah. used to do like the odd gig when we were literally like 16 to 18 maybe. Yeah. And we would like sit at the back. And people would just talk over you and after every gig would be like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, like, like, that did nothing for us. Because we were, like, in that teenage, yeah. like, part of our, part of ourselves where we're like, we're going to, you know, it's like we're going to be like Camp Rock and everyone's going to clap, clap and, like, and think we're, you know, amazing. like, and the boys going to come and fall in love with me or whatever. Yeah. Well, no just, one gave a shit. And it no. really meant and, and I think that's why, again, I loved our practices. Mm-hmm. And then we got to Because that was for thing. us. Yeah. And it was like, oh my God. So So funny. So that sort of shit, right? Like focusing in on your on your value, your purpose of your task. This is something that is actually written down as well. Um and then think about the goals you're setting. So whether that's like external gain like whether you're doing it to be like I want to earn this amount of money I want to yeah get signed by this person I want to whatever focus on honing your skill like mastering your skill like things like I want to be able to do this not to show someone but just for like your personal knowing that when you put in practice you get better at something and that's a really good feeling Mm. and you don't even need to show anyone like that's super cool I want to learn how to do cryptic crosswords, right? Mm-hmm. That is not for anyone. I'm just thinking no, back to yeah. my like quest for the year. I'm like, that is for no one but yeah. me. But then there are some on there that's like, oh, is that for me? Or is that because it'd be really good for shit you should care about? Yeah, or like, because it exactly. Will... Yeah. And like, it's okay to have yeah. some extrinsically motivated. You don't have to completely call your life, but I think it's just like, you need it to just be like, you know, like chocolate in your diet mm. or whatever. Yeah. You can't just live off of that. Yeah. Like it can be But it's really good life. to have. Yeah. yeah. Like if you use it sparingly and in the right way. Yeah. Um, so other things like helping someone else is always really good. Mm-hmm. Like not to write it down on your CV. Like we yes. used to get told in uni, yeah. which was fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Do it because it feels good to, you know, be in community yeah. and – and you don't have to post about it? No. Like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, create a list of things you genuinely love to do or have always wanted to do, um, whether people are going to be there or not. Mm. Um, like it says participate in competition, but focus on the camaraderie and how well you performed instead of winning. Like yeah. never do it to <laughs> win the thing. Right? I do could learn to- something from that. <laughs> Fucking- Same. Yeah. But like, n- yeah, you don't focus on that because then if you lose, if you come second by a hair, you're going to feel shit. Whereas yes. like, if you come second but you were focusing on how well you like did your skill yeah. and you're happy with that, then you're going to feel amazing. Um, and then you blame the person that made you. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. You blame the person that wasn't that good at their skill and they made you come second. Exactly. No, don't do that. No, don't do that. But <laughs> basically those are kind of a list of things. I'm sure there's other things that you can like think of by yourself to yeah. think of how to get that beautiful, fulfilling feeling that's yours and no yes. one else's. I feel like the two ones in there that are really good is just like recognizing when you're happy or when you feel like mm-hmm. fulfillment and writing, actually writing down a list. Mm. Doesn't have to be like talents, doesn't have to be like things that you actually have to go and do, just things you like to do yeah. or like to think about. And make time for it. Mm. Like reading. Like, make time for it. Like reading. Because reading, well, except for we have a list where we write all the books I we know, read I and know, we share. I know. It. But reading is for you. Yeah. Unless you're us. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still but for, for us. most people, it's for you. For most so people, that's great. It's for you. Um, Love, I love that. It was like a, it honestly was like a therapy session. It makes you think, hey, yeah. like I think back to even a few, I feel like this year, or like, or last year, 2022 was probably the first time that I, or yeah, back when I was singing in those parts, mm. it was probably like the first time that I was actually doing things for me. Yeah. And, but in a way where like, I had to learn how to choose to do it for yeah. me, like I feel like I'm only just there. I feel like yeah. I'm 
all these things I've done, not everything I've ever done. No. But like there even if there hasn't been um like extern like what's it called? Ex- extrinsic. Even if there hasn't been like specific extrinsic things that I know I'll get out of it. I think I've always done something and either by chance someone's seen it and been like, wow, X, Y, Z. Or it's always been like, I hope this happens. And then because I've kept doing it, something has always come out of most things I've done. So I'm really trying to, um, now that I have all of that, like we have a lovely job, great business, best community in the fucking world. I'm like, what things do you just do for you? Absolutely, because that's the thing. Like, you can have some things that are, like, great to be extrinsically motivated by, but, like, yeah, have yeah. those things. I Like, even looking back at school, like, I honestly, I think you and I were probably similar in, in the fact that people told us that we were good at shit and we were kind of pushed to be those high achievers. Yeah. But, like, that was so unhealthy. That was like, fucked. That was fucked. Like, looking back, like, I never learned things to learn. Like, really, ever. I learned things to get to, a score on a test. And then we always, me and you always felt shortchanged at school because yeah. you or I always did really well at school. We never, ever got awards. Yeah. It was like we were constantly being teased, me and Liv. We were, like, real good at stuff, certain weird things, like, I don't know, music or you were really good at probability. I was really good at English. Like, yeah. whatever, history. <laughs> but... We were never good enough. And then, like, to be fair, I became head girl. But I'd never won a top of anything, right? We'd never, like... But it's so funny that that demotivated us so much. Oh, my God. Like, which is so fucked. (laughs) Like, because it just shows that, like, in a schooling system, definitely the schooling system that you and I were in, it was heavily extrinsically motivated. Oh, my God. And it made you feel really shit about yourself if you didn't, if you weren't that top one or two, which yep. is ridiculous because that actually has nothing to do with anything. No. And in year 13, after year 13, I remember going to uni and setting a specific rule of yeah. not doing anything. Like extracurricular. No. Yeah. And that's fucked. That's we were fucked. both like, we're not going to do, we did so much extra, extracurricular stuff. We got to uni and we'd realised that everyone else had always wanted us to do it. We'd never actually found to do it ourselves or we'd wanted to do it to get into the yeah. uni that we wanted to get into, which was fucked. And then you saw other people from our school who made Maybe didn't do that well at school. They like, didn't really give a fuck. But then they found something they really loved, and then they excelled yes. at uni. And well, they, they were never they joined so many cool groups yeah. and shit. And they had such a fucking good time. Yeah. And we're sat here like, oh, like you know, and I'm getting involved. Wanted us to do everything, so oh. like, now we're not doing it. It was so stupid. So interesting to look back on reality. stuff like that, though. Mm. And I've never been into like self help or anything, but something about this topic is really engrossing. I think. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. Oh. <laughs> But, Luce, what is on your radar? Because <laughs> yeah. we could talk about this forever. No, I know. Um, on my radar is a new Caroline Polachek album, mm-hmm. who's one of my favourite artists of all fucking time. I actually wrote about her in the newsletter today. I saw that she doesn't like being called this generation's Kate Bush. Yeah, yeah. she doesn't like it. And, fair um, enough. Yeah, so fair enough, because she's this generation's Caroline Polachek. Like, Kate Bush, love you. You could never write so hot you're hurting my feelings. Like, <laughs> um <laughs> But so there's a new album. I think it's coming out on Valentine's Day. And then there's also a new Shania Twain album coming out, which again is just like so up our alleys, except for her latest song, her first song off it is called Giddy Up and it's not good. good. And so I'm just like, babes, just give us that Don't Impress Me Much 2023 version. Yeah. That's all I want. That's actually so true. Oh my God, that's quite fun that she's released. I know. I know. What are your um, on my radar? (laughs) Quite different. Um, I found a photographer through a podcast I was listening to called Sebastian. Sorry, I'm probably going to butcher this, but Sebastiao Salgado, and he is like in his seventies, but he was taking these amazing photos of the Amazon rainforest mm-hmm. before, because the Amazon rainforest is like almost at the point where it could be totally destroyed and so he's gone in and taken these photos while it's not yet to show Mm. people how beautiful it is and to try and show that we should do something about this um so that was really cool these amazing like black and white photos of indigenous people and yeah it's really amazing um there was a really good the daily episode Mm -hmm. about biodiversity because there was this big biodiversity conference um that's been happening about what to do 
um, the goal setting for the next 30 years, kind of like the Paris Agreement for climate change. but for, Like COP27. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Do they and, actually come up with some things? Because COP27 just notoriously never does can make any tangible decisions. Yeah, this is the thing. I think there was a lot of that going on and a lot of like how much money do we have for this and a lot how much of money have we spent on the conference. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Yeah. Not to be a cynic, not to be a cynic, no. just live in the news. And I don't really know much about it at all. Like that was kind of like the first I'd yeah, but great to have shit. listened. That's why I love The Daily. Cause yeah, it's like, The Daily was so good. And then there was another one about the Amazon rainforest, which is what I think I found this photographer yeah. through, which was really interesting. And then I found a – I'm really going down the kind of environmental route, mm. but um, Living Planet, which is a really good podcast about all of that shit. So they nice do one. like a topic. There'll be about, heaps of listeners. I reckon that will be so into that yeah, as well. Yeah, it's um, just really interesting. Yeah. So On Your Radar is actually – recommendations from you yes. to put on other people's radars. Yes. Yeah. Which is what it can be and yeah. should be. And kind of is most of the time. Most actually. of the time. Yeah. Most of the time it's like I read I this book. like that's what it is. Yeah, on my radar. Yeah. It's no longer new releases. It's No. Because what's it's, the point so much of talking about new releases? I know. And I'm not that good like. at keeping up with the new releases. So. Yeah, I, always, I have to Google every week what's coming up. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah, honestly. Oh, anyway, team, um, if you loved this episode... You know what to do. Give it a five star. Leave it a really nice review. Now, is that an extrinsic? Yeah, that's extrinsic. That is me needing some extrinsic motivation to continue to do this. Yeah, otherwise, we're gone because we've realized it doesn't bring us any fulfillment. I'm (laughs) kidding. Um, And Liv, thank you as per usual for joining us. Thank you, Lucy. It's been a pleasure. Samuel, thanks for sitting and listening to our shit chat, making sure the mics are on and the lights are on and. We all sound beautiful. Absolutely. Very, very fucking important. Yeah. Anyway, team, see you next week. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.